There you go. <laughs> no, it, Usually it, people are telling me to shut up. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, just pretend you're at work, man. <laughs> She's not lying about that. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Washdown. Uh, my name is Jeremy Green. I am your host. And with me today is Chris Nelson, who is my co-host, uh, James Moran, is off camera he's our producer as always as always it's better to keep him off camera and today we have aaron zillix zilliox zilliox <laughs> see and i asked him how to pronounce your name and he steered me wrong mm. i give it a double that's sad a it double. wasn't a home run it was, it was double well you still know, in the ballpark uh, yeah not a ground rule or anything closer than most <laughs> <laughs> and so you are a registered nurse correct yes i am for five years yes Okay. Right out about five years. Cool. And you, what made you get into nursing? It was always a family thing. Everybody in my family seemed to be nurses. My grandma was a nurse. She worked 35 years at the hospital I was born at. I'm from a small town. It's one of the main ways to get out, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Uh, We live close to a nuclear plant. So if you're not working there, you got to find something else to do. Um, my cousin, he also had muscular dystrophy when I was growing up, so we saw a lot of physical struggles there until he passed when I was a senior. Um, those are probably my biggest influences. I thought for a while, I thought I might want to be a physical therapist. Turns out, you know, not built for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to school for seven years. No thanks. They go to school for seven years? Yeah, it's a doctorate program these days. Holy wow. Yeah. I'm out. No, thank you. Right? Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> no. Aren't they just glorified personal trainers? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't mean oh, to offend anybody. It's so much. <laughs> it is odd now. I, and we just lost hey, our one. Oh, YouTube still has the comment section, right? Can they? Yeah. Still, they can still downvote. Nobody's commenting on this stuff. <laughs> Maybe now. That's be awesome. Yeah. Well, you know how what attacking you know, Jeremy Green. Yeah. Hashtag attack Green. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm canceled by my own podcast. <laughs> All right, so you went to New York, huh? I did in April, right at the beginning of all this, when all the shit was hitting the fan. So what made you kind of decide to do that as Let's, far as be the do the travel nurse thing? Well, I had previously lurked inner city um, ER for two years, got tired of that, decided to travel for a year. And that's basically a glorified travel assignment. I mean, you make a lot of money doing it. So I was like, why not? I'm already in this realm. Might as well take my butt out there and accomplish something. So that was kind of the main reason. Really, I mean, money talks. It's bad to say, but it does. And I also had just gotten a new job at that point, And I had all these skills and certifications and everything. And I felt like I was kind of wasting that with everything that was going on. And I felt bad for my fellow EM workers that everybody's just getting the shit beat out of them. And I was sitting behind a desk at that point, I guess. So a little bit there felt bad for my friends and family. Yeah. So how was that? New York was rough. I mean, at that point, not much was known about COVID anyways. And I was in a unit. I was in an ICU unit. I am not ICU. I'm not ICU trained. Um, I watched people die every single day. I was also not trained that you keep people long term. So I was watching the same people die slowly all day, every day. We worked every day, 12 hour shifts. I worked nights, which I was used to. So that was fine. But just not prepared, I guess, for that slow decline. I've worked emergency medicine. I don't slowly watch people die. You're either dying then and now or not at all. So that was weird. Um, so that was pretty hard. Harder than I thought it was going to be. And you did it for how long? Only three weeks. And you were able to extend if you wanted to. And everybody's like, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, I had my calendar and I was marking down the days. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. Did they do anything to like any type of training or anything to prepare you guys? I mean, I guess it was so new. Nope. You made a phone call. They expected you to be there within 24 hours. You got there. They gave you an assignment. You went to work. 
that was it. Dang. Yeah. Well, you're extremely ill-prepared, especially if you're not an ICU nurse and oh. used to a lot of those, the, what they do in the ICU. I was one of the most prepared nurses on my unit. I was working with OB nurses and ortho, me and one other ER nurse, not a single one of us ICU trained. We were the most knowledgeable. And our doctors, like I said, this was a made-up unit out of nowhere, was staffed with Navy doctors. One was a pediatric nurse practitioner. One was a neurosurgeon. Nobody had any idea what they were doing. No one. I'm not used to that type of care. <laughs> Super disheartening. Uh, yeah, that's, well. I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't expect to hear that. Uh, yeah. neither did I. I, I, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but the fact that you have people who are sick, well, it doesn't matter what sickness they have, in my opinion. You need to have people that are trained and ready to go and be able to give training people coming in something. You know, just not, hey, you're, oh, you're a nurse. Here you go. There that's, wasn't that's a problem. A, think about it, though. I mean, because I answer these questions all the time still of, like, people like, it's horrible out there. They're killing people. They're killing people. That's what's happening. When you are left with either me or no one, that's what you get. There aren't enough ICU-trained nurses in the country to make that a thing. Oh, you know I, what I, I mean? I agree, I agree with that. My mom, she was even like, well, didn't these doctors learn about ICU care, too? Yeah, in med school 30 yeah. years ago. You're right. They had a rotation through ICU. It's like, doesn't make me any more an ICU nurse as it does them a doctor. So at that point, it was such combat nursing that it was like, you either get us or you get no one. Which would you prefer? Well, wow. I, th that's, I think that's a... That's quite a hit. I mean, I'm not... And nothing against you. Yeah. I'm not saying you're a bad nurse at all, and I wouldn't apply that. But that's... Well, the analogy she gave... Combat yeah. nursing. I mean, that's exactly that, what it is. That's, that's exactly yeah, what that's it was. what they compared it to, and it was. I mean, we were running people on weeks on portable vents, given by those, those government ones that were given out. Mm -hmm. Portable vents that are not mm -hmm. strong, not worth anything, for weeks. Their equipment trash. We were flipping people. Um, we had an old lost and found bucket that we found like a neck pillow in from, like to fly. We were flipping people and supporting them off a neck pillow the one that we had we didn't have pillows we didn't have blankets our patients are intubated freezing to death because their temperatures they can't regulate anyways so i mean it was just and these are pa patients of various ages too yeah. right yeah old to young uh-huh that must have took a pretty heavy toll it i think it took a toll on me more so for the fact of like I'm not trained to be okay with this type of care. And nobody was, and people were there for the money, and they're like, you know, I'm extending, I'm extending. I can't provide this care anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't. And I know it was like, you know, the only people they had, but no, I could not stay. question I have for you, Aaron, you had referenced, you know, the desire to help your brothers and sisters out that had already went there. You know, and it's kind of the same for us, like, you know, we see deployments of for, like, floods and stuff like that, and there's always this desire to go and help. You know, you look all the way back to even September 11th, fire departments from all over the country sent firefighters there to help clean in the rubble. Looking back on it now, being smarter than you were when you started, do you honestly feel after seeing what you saw that that need was met for you? Not for me, but I think I played the role that I could have because, honestly, I was one of the most knowledgeable people on that unit to put my input. Doctors listen. That You know what I mean? When you know more, they understand that, especially in this situation. They knew they were in over their heads. We knew we were in under our heads. So it was like I felt like if not me, who else, I guess, which I think emergency medicine, we all do that. Whether it be working an overshift or not, it's like, I feel bad that we're short. I feel bad people are being taken advantage of, so I'm going to work myself to death for my friends and work family. I don't think that's right. No, but it, it is also a problem that we see on the fire department. Yeah. You know, we have an issue right now with overtime with us, and it's, you know, 90% of the overtime is taken by 10% of us. Well, 
the ten percent of us that are taking the overtime are just getting beat to death. Yeah. I mean, we're working seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven days in a row because nobody else is taking it. I know nurses that'll do the same thing, and in a way, I think it's slightly shaming to people that this is their job. You know what? They go home and they go home to their family. They put in their forty hours. Why are you expecting? everybody to put 60 hours into their week. You know what I mean? I know so many, especially emergency medicine nurses, that are just, their entire life is taken over by their job. I am a nurse, but I am also a mother and a sister and a daughter. And a fiance now. Yeah, and that. (laughs) And I want to be present in my life, not just that I'm a nurse. I go to work every day because I feel obligated or like you said, the overtime demands. And I think COVID has really shed a light on that as well. That to any of these companies, you are just a number. You will die. You'll have a beautiful funeral and your spot will be filled next week. So stop giving up your holidays and your family and the things you enjoy for these companies. I'm tired of it. Emotionally drained over it. Well, there needs to be a work-life balance. Yeah. For sure. And, and as you know, I'm sure none of us really accomplished that well. Uh, no. Well. Exactly. <laughs> kind of, I don't know anyone that does. You dangle overtime in front of you and you're like, oh, I can do so much with that money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I you got know, this bill to pay. Yeah. Or I got this. Yeah. I I'll just work. You know. money on my motorcycle. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I didn't ever see it as much as money as much as... I feel bad that the nurses that are stuck there, you know, like, ooh. Well, it's, 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 it, and for me, it's both because, one, I don't want these units or these, these rigs shut down. And if I don't take it and nobody else is, exactly. who's going to help serve the citizens that pay us to protect them? And then, like in your case, same thing with the hospital. If you don't have X amount of nurses, well, you're not going to run efficiently because you could have multiple traumas and a medical recess come in. And, but now you have nobody to, Help on the floor, you know, and the people who are already in rooms and might need to, you know, need medicines or checked on or whatever. So it's a, it's a, it's a major issue. It's where you as a, a person and your morals come into play. But then what does that do to, to you when you do go home? Exactly. So now you're, you were in New York for three weeks mm-hmm. and you worked 21 days. I, we that? had two days off. You got to pick two days within there to take off. So, yes, I worked I assume 19. they couldn't be next to each other? Oh, no, I took mine. They made rules after, because I was one of the first deployed. Or we were the first groups there. Um, after I had already picked my two days, then they decided, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm already doing it. <laughs> I planned it the week I got here. No. So, now, when so when you weren't, weren't working, I assume they had a hotel you, you, you stayed at. Yep. And you couldn't leave. Nope. Because now you've been ex- you're exposed to COVID, even though you're taking your precautions. Yep. So, you're in, you're in New York. Which, I mean, one of the biggest cities on earth. You're yeah. going to want to see stuff, and now you don't even get to de-stress in a way yeah. of seeing something. Like, it was all know. shut down. We were literally bused from hotel to hospital and back every single day in charter buses. Turned into like a 16, 17-hour day because you are forced to go shower, get to your room, you know, decon, how go imprison- to bed. How imprisoning did that feel? Probably a little bit, yeah, you're right. But we also had a thought, you know, we're here for a job. So friends of mine, like I said, that stayed for longer, I think it would feel much more imprisoning. I guess you're right. I probably did it that way. Like I'm marking down days like I'm in prison. (laughs) (laughs) You're scratching stuff on the wall. I was doing my laundry in my bathtub. Like, Did you have a roommate or were you in the lower? No, no, you, no. Yeah, they don't put you with anybody. Completely alone. I never knew alone was so hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that kind of brings up a topic we had talked about before you got here. You you know this, Aaron, like there was a COVID line of duty death, you know, in, in fire departments. And mm-hmm. part of the thing after me, I, I ran one of those and um, the quarantine yeah. comes after it. Now, I, you know, most times you could quarantine at home, but I um, have a grandfather at home that I you know, can't quarantine a homeless. So our department put us up in a hotel and I was there for two weeks mm-hmm. by myself. Um, it was, it was miserable. It was not fun. And you were a good outlet that I was able to talk to through that. Um, they did something similar to you when you came back as well, right? Yes. 
um, I think it was paid through the state or our company or something. Yes, we got a free hotel if your state required quarantine after returning from, you remember the big cities, mm -hmm. they would require quarantine. So yes, I was put up in a hotel and that was almost worse than being there. Two weeks completely alone by myself to in process. a hotel. Yeah, to just sit there with your own thoughts, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you're home, but you're, you're not. not. Yeah. You can only yeah. watch so much TV. Yeah. Right. There's only so much drinking you can do. <laughs> yeah, which, so that leads us to the next part of the conversation. How'd you handle it? Drinking. Poorly executed coping <laughs> skills that are not there. Um, I think that's also common in all of our line of work. Everybody drinks. It seems to just be an okay thing that everybody's like, this is fine. When really, it's not fine. No, it's not. That's what, even when I worked just ER in the inner city, it was, everybody drinks together. Everybody talks about it. Everybody casually talks about how awful they feel and suicide, like it's just fine. And we all drink together and it's fine. After almost most shifts. Yeah. It's part of that culture. And, you know, I wasn't aware of that, you know, from the nursing side of it. But yeah, with yeah. the fire department. We do it too. Yeah. I mean, we get together. Hey, let's get blackout drunk and talk about work. Yeah. Well, when do you ever get away from it? You know? Exactly. Never. It's an all-consuming thing, it feels like. So between working, yes, in the ER and then going there, it's... Emotionally, I think I was there enough that I was able to decide that I can't do this anymore. I felt ashamed about that. Because I've always considered myself a strong person. I've seen a lot of shitty, terrible things personally, my personal life and at work. And to me, it's just not worth it. And I don't know how it is for some people. And I know you guys have been in the career forever. How, to, how is that worth it to you? Mm. Like, why not go do something else that doesn't make you just want to die every day? <laughs> Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, for me personally, um, you know, I chose the career field. You know, I chose to be a firefighter because I want to help people. Yeah. Now, that part hasn't changed, you know, and I want to advance in the career field, you know, and get further up and all that. Um, what I wasn't aware of and what we're not made aware of is how to deal with all of the stuff that you see you know all of the the dead kids the yeah. all the trauma all the secondary trauma you know or losing brothers or sisters at a fire or through you know covid now yeah. um there's not a whole lot of talk about how to move past that and you know i had to get to my own really low point um before i came out the other side of it and i We've kind of talked about it on the podcast before. I won't rehash it. But um, for me, like I said, it, it hasn't gone away. The I want to help people. Now, I know how to process all of that stuff. I've went through some pretty intense counseling and got myself some coping skills. So I have a better tool belt that I actually use. Um, but like the whole reason for this podcast is we could kind of spread that message and maybe keep somebody else from going down that same road that we went down. Yeah. Do you ever wonder if it's really just about coping or do you think there's a maximum trauma that you as a human, like the human body, I, don't, I just don't feel like we are meant to withstand that much trauma in your lives. I mean, we've all turned it into careers because that's what the human race has done, but... When is that point? You really think just coping skills is going to keep you going well, I, forever? I think that's a good question you know and I mean? a good point. And I do think the, the human body and the human mind has a breaking point. And you're just done. And usually that's right around retirement. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, hope, they hope you make it to retirement. It's, it's that day you, you're... So you know, I... When you're, when you're done. Yeah. Because you can have as many skills as you want to, but like how long until your pot is just too full or you move right. from the field into a teaching role where you're training the, the, the new 
cadets coming in or you've advanced enough in your career to be out of the field in an administrative role. Right. That you're not being exposed to that same trauma day in and day out that you're seeing, whether it's a actual physical trauma, a mental trauma, or a medical trauma. So I'll say this. the I think that you can handle more trauma than you think you can. Yeah. A lot more. I agree with that. Um, it's our brains that get in the way because we're rational reasoning thinking beings right so if you ever look if you ever watch a discovery channel or national geographic or something like that you think it's not traumatic for a gazelle whenever a lion almost gets it you know and it runs away and you know they keep the camera on it and it sits there and just shakes or the same thing with like so my wife is a therapist she's a counselor and Mm -hmm. she does a lot of equine therapy and they use horses and um, they talk about how the horses will, if there's a predator and they have a close call, how the horses will run off and then they will stand and they will shake. And that's them basically processing. And once they get done, they run off, you know, and they're fine. It's because we want to sit here and think about it and rehash it and go over it again and again and again. I I see it a little different. I see your brain as an organ just like any other. How many medications can you throw at heart failure before medications aren't just going to do it anymore? Like the organ is going to die. How long before you have used up everything you can throw at it? It's still another organ in your body that I think, you know, traumas and stuff like that are kind of those... Things just like medications to other organs. We are all still, like I said, I mean, it's still an organ in your body. As we all want to say, they're just thoughts. They're just bad ways to deal with stuff. It still feels like to me like a disease process that could take over. And one one thing for you, Aaron. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. It, oh. It's it's can't argue it. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. 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 But it's, it's the amount that the amount that's going in at once too. And let's look back, you know, back in April when you left for New York, because you and I both kind of did this together. Look back at that last year, everything that occurred for both you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, my grandpa got sick, and I had to move him in. And, you know, starting the beginning of a divorce, and all the stuff with COVID. And you leaving the ER and transitioning into new careers, and you going to New York, but for both of us too, losing a family friend to suicide not too much longer before that. And how helpless was that of a feeling was that for both of us as we we had nothing to do. Yeah. We we had the only thing we could do was a simple pat on the back and support and love and that's that's not our nature. Our nature is solve a problem, fix, fix something. it. And there was nothing to fix, there was nothing to solve. Yeah. And we had to watch that train slowly derail. And you and I both couldn't do a single thing about it. I would say ER in general for me was hard at times, but you're right. Like that last year, what was it, 2019? Yeah. 2019 was rough, and I would say yes. Um, We were both involved in a family friend, my best friend, um, suicide of her family member. And I remember just being there. I'd gotten off work at the hospital I worked mid-shifts at that point, got off work. She's like, I, we can't find so-and-so. Um, stayed up all night looking. I was just kind of dead to the fact, just like, this is not, you know, went into work mode of taking care of someone. We will get through this. It's fine. And then morning comes, and everything happened, and we found out what had happened, and he was gone. And it was a personal situation, and a family friend Yet I felt like I was at work. I felt like emotionally I was not there. Like, yes, this is the family. We're caring for them. And then you showed up at the end. Yeah. And it was weird to see a familiar face that, I don't know, I think I broke down at the end. As you know, (laughs) that night I had a lot to drink. Uh, That's how we cope with things. We went to a bar, me and James. 
And I spent the morning cleaning vomit out of my truck. Yes, you did. <laughs> my neighbors called the cops on him. Um, poor coping mechanisms. But at that point, I think I realized just like this is getting into my personal life. Like trauma happens anywhere, and I just don't deal with it well at this point. Not necessarily like physical trauma, yeah, the emotional trauma of it. I was not handling it well. And I felt ashamed. I felt very ashamed because I'm sure in your guys' line of work too, same thing. People that have done it for years are just like, get over it. It's fine. You're going to see much worse. This is going to be, you know. And it's like, like I said, I don't think I'm a weak person. And are you really that strong that I guess none of this shit bothers you? Is that the deal? Well, and we've kind of talked about it before, but everybody handles it differently. I mean, what is traumatic to you may not be traumatic to Chris. It might tear me apart. Yeah. But, you know, that's the differences that make us human. And not everybody is suited for every line of work. You know, and it takes being self-aware of that, of going, you know what? This is really affecting me. I need to do something else. Or, you know, I can't stay in this situation let me go over here and do something else. I feel like it's been turned into, though, like a shameful thing. Oh, it definitely has. 100% shameful that but this may they, not be the thing. They can't they, cut it. Yeah, yeah, you can't take it. I don't want to take it. How about that? <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to admit that, too, because of that, you know, it, especially in the field, whatever field you choose. You don't want to be seen as a weak, a weak person. Or especially, too, if your family's all done it. Yeah. You know, so and 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 so. We're all nurses in my family. I have to continue the line. Yeah. So not only is you're putting mental stress on yourself, not only let yourself down, put your family down. And we see a lot in the fire service, generation after generation yeah. serves. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's you know, in our career fields, it's the culture. You know, like you were saying earlier, it's you know, you have some salty vet or some ER nurse that's been doing it for. 30 years oh it ain't that bad well you know maybe you're five divorces and yeah i look three at the stints personal, in rehab yeah, yeah. I look maybe at the personal it is lives that of people and it's just like yeah i don't want this for myself i'm still exactly. young enough at this point like you're doing so well like you said i mean when you could tell a difference in a like in, in the er and it's gonna sound like i'm talking shit and i'm not it's okay <laughs> but you could tell the new nurses the ones that are still early in their career, like Midway, and the old nurses. They still have smiles on their faces. Still smiles, still happy, still very friendly, where the old nurses are extremely cranky. And honestly, I'm like, I, I don't care if I get a report to you ever. Here, I, this is your problem now. I feel I, like that happened to me quickly, though. I'm going to be honest. I felt less, I just don't give a shit about your problems. And I hated feeling that way. Just... Mm-hmm. Well, in the hospital you work Loss of was, empathy. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? You that's lose, a lot of it. Yes, 100%. You lose empathy for these situations. You lose, uh, yeah. It's, it's almost like you go into triage mode. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wh- which one of these is important? Like, okay, these are important. All right, now, which one of you caused this upon themselves and which one of you didn't? All right, now, moving on to that. Like, it's it's almost how we rationalize these on a day-to-day basis. And a few of these other nurses that have been there for a long time, again, I... People would think I was in the ER longer just because I was so angry. (laughs) I knew what I was doing, but I was also like, I don't have time for this. Um, Like, oh, I have compassion for this foot pain. You know, like I, you know, I've been here 15 years and I still care about this foot pain. I don't give a damn about this foot pain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just don't. And then, then they're mad at us because we brought the foot pain in. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> and it's not our fault. We Were we been, really the closest possible? on the sidewalk. <laughs> Stop telling them we're giving them sandwiches if they get in your <laughs> Don't tell me you haven't done it because I know you have, James. Can we cut that part out because I think she figured out our secrets. Uh, <laughs> PD said they could go to jail or the hospital. No, that, mm-hmm. that happens yeah. all. Uh, that does all happen all the time. I know. So, and I'll tell you from <laughs> from our side. Yep. Yeah. From our side, though, we really have no choice. I know. I mean, if they call and you know we go every time they call, and it's I want to go to the hospital. Well, are you sure? Because you know, bringing that toothpaste. I, don't, I, I got I don't a want to take you yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. I got a band aid in my bag. It will take care of that. You know, mm-hmm. or don't do that. Um, Whoa! in my chair. Look, he's trying to get your attention. I 
Just say it. Nah. You better poke in. <laughs> um, where was I at? Well, Band-Aids and stuff. Band-Aids. Basically, basically, you call, we haul. Yeah. yeah. I know. So we have I know. no choice. You know, and if they say, yes, I want to ride 87 feet to that hospital right there that I could clearly walk to, we got to take them there. I'd rather, rather actually you take me 20 miles to get me to where I want to go. Yeah. Mm. Well, that, that happens too. <laughs> yep. I know. But, I mean, we all know the game. And, yeah, we and all do. And it's not. We everybody. all know the same people. Like, but I think you know, you run that twenty thirty calls in a shift for, for you know, where he's at, where I used to be at, and you get that one or two in there that's an actual. They actually need mm-hmm. EMS, and they actually need an ER. That, to me, that makes it. That, it doesn't wash away everything else. Makes it worth it a little it makes, bit. But it makes it more worth it, and like I felt like I, I accomplished something. Because I got that person, whether it's a medical or a trauma, to the hospital alive. And I, in better shape than what they were when I got there. I think working at the hospital that I did made it a little harder. Because most of even our traumas and things, it's just... Yeah. I would find myself angry because it'd be like... In a sense, it's like, why were you? why did you put yourself in this situation, you know? It's mm. like an angry thing. You have no right to be angry about it, you know what I mean? It's like... I don't know. Yeah, but it's a, that's a natural human reaction, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know I feel the same thing whenever we run somebody who's done something stupid, and it's like, how did you think this was going to turn out? Yeah, and being where I was, though, you didn't get a whole lot more than that most of I the mean, time. The, yeah. the waiting room at that hospital was like social hour for the neighborhood. It seemed yes, 100%. <laughs> it was like a Jerry Springer show yeah. a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I say, hey, they're going to triage. Yes. I now I get to see what's going things. on. I sit back there behind the glass and giggle with everybody else. We're like, really? And then, but, so you know, bad. But then it, it. But the problem is, let I me mean, we make those jokes. But then you get that serious one in there. Yeah. I mean, how many shootings did have we brought in? Hundreds. You know I mean, and that we've run, and that, and it kind of takes that empathy away from somebody who really did do something to deserve to get shot. Yeah. You know, and, and shootings are pretty run of the mill for us. Exactly. You know, you just kind of go into okay. Well, he got shot here. This is what we're going to do, and you do it. Pretty basic. Yeah, you're. You know, it's pretty standard mm-hmm. and, response, but. And with your particular hospital, too, it's it's one of those things. I, I get exactly what you're saying. You just become so numb to it, and just when you get caught sleeping, that firefighter comes in. Yeah. Crushed, or that cop comes in shot. That's something that tears you apart. Like you said, I mean, you've been coasting through here, numb to all these strangers, and then something terrible happens. Just like, damn. Yeah, you recognize somebody, you know. Yeah. Somebody you know, or somebody you've Sometimes even them. just a regular that like, oh, shit. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually liked this one. <laughs> yeah, what? So that's what happened to Bob. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, some of the regulars are great. They're, they're just drunk. Yep. You know. Some very pleasant ones. Sometimes their HIV's acting up. Yeah. Acting up. Acting yep. up. I'm going to miss, I'm gonna miss her. <laughs> I'm going to miss her a lot. I liked her a lot. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Funny. So In a terrible way. Aaron, yeah. tell us a little bit, like we, we've talked about it, but from a nurse perspective, what, what is the culture like in the ER? Um, obviously, there, there's different types. You know, you have your more rural or suburban hospitals where it's a little easier going to a different clientele, but we're talking about in the middle of the inner city, the most shootings, the most stabbings, the most violence that comes in. And some, and a lot of times, almost daily, that gets pushed to you guys as responders. How does that? How do you deal with that? I would say our atmosphere is a lot like yours. It's the we eat our young. If you can't hack it quickly, you need to get the hell out of here. Like it's do your job again. You know they like talk about we're talking about mental health and stuff and. Oh, if something really horrible happens, they like would bring in counselors. I have seen that maybe once. And again, like you said, things are harder for other people. And as you know, even after you drop off this pediatric code, you have another call waiting. So, I mean, you always got those other patients and usually, you know, not a whole lot wrong with them. Some of the rudest people ever. And it's just... It just beats you down day after day of ungrateful, just being yelled at. Everything comes back to you that it somehow ends up nurses' fault. <laughs> or even being assaulted. Yeah. Physically assaulted, mentally assaulted every day. Like, I see those statistics, you know, they're like, one in four nurses is verbally assaulted. Who gives a <laughs> shit? What? If that's what you're concerned about? 
<laughs> Somebody yelled at you? Called you a name? You need to come to our hospital. <laughs> because like you said, or I mean... Or it's five and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a daily occurrence. But if I'm like, yeah, if you're that sensitive, you really don't belong there. But yeah, being physically assaulted, I'm sure you guys are too. People do what they want. No disre- No regard for life. No regard for, you know... Nurses and doctors, and I think, used to be, you know, revered and, like, important people. And people would never do those type of things. Nowadays, no. They'll beat the hell out of you and file a lawsuit. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) It just doesn't feel like you're very supported mentally, financially, court cases, things like that. You just get thrown out of the bus real quick. You know that. We have a mutual friend messed up by a patient and our hospital had zero plan to have her back in any way shape or form another that, that reason was a sexual assault too yep do not lose your life mentally or physically for a company that could give a damn about you it keeps coming back to that it is like we would die for these people and the people around us but they don't care about you at all I think that rings pretty hard in my head. I don't know why, but it bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) I could tell. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you be there every day, like you said. I mean. Well, yeah. And it's constant from what you're describing. It's constant abuse. And like you said, you might have that one call that's really kind of rips you up. But then there's no time between that call and Joe Schmo in the next room who's just a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, the crackhead or whatever in the next room that wants to take a swing at you or try to stab you with a needle or, you know, I mean, it's for me, the thing that I keep hearing and we kind of talked about it on the one that we shot earlier is there's no time like for you guys. And then for us, it seems like, you know, we can run back to back calls um, and we do quite often. But there's still, even then, there's that lag time of we have to drive to it. You're literally True. walking five feet yeah. to your I next have call. literally gone to a pediatric death to where are my discharge papers? I was only here for a pregnancy test. This shouldn't take four hours. You're right, because you should have never been here. And it makes me want to punch you in the <laughs> face. Because you, again, you know HIPAA. You can't say any of these things to these people. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I think some of the, the problem that with, when it comes to nurses burning out is um, the laws that we do have. Some of the laws we have in place, they're there for the, for the right reasons, but executed poorly. I think that happens a lot in a lot of things. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but I mean, so when they, they come in, Good intentions. Pe- people are using the ER as their primary. I mean, mm-hmm. we all, we've all seen it, see it all the time. But like pregnancy That's not tests, what you're supposed to do? Yeah, you're that guy. It's faster. <laughs> it's yeah. faster if you just go to the ER. If yeah. I come in by ambulance, yeah, do I, I have to stay in the waiting room? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's even better. Guess what? You can just go straight to triage. <laughs> but coming in for that pregnancy test or <laughs> yeah. the, the tooth pain at four in the morning. Yeah. Oh, it's bad. Man, you're not getting pain meds, man. You're just not. Oh, I don't know. These days you probably will just get out of our face, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to talk for, <laughs> can't talk for a hospital. Uh, it's yeah. just the whole system made to fail. Like, let's be honest. So, but you, but you add all these, all these same types of calls or people coming to the ER and it just wears you down, wears you down, wears you down. Then you have that pediatric trauma. Then you have that 18 year old who's paralyzed now because he got shot in the back, you know, back to back. And then the, the old lady who can't breathe anymore because she's, you know, got COPD and her grandson won't stop smoking or she's smoking, you know, all, all within all within a couple of days or within a couple of hours of each other. Because we've yeah. all had those days yeah. coming to the hospital where you bring in. I don't know what it is. There's multiple traumas and, and med recesses. Someday. And the nurses and doctors are looking at us like, really? Sometimes it's like, do none of these too. people want to live today? What and, is happening? And it's, it's like, always the same medic that brings them in. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you're right. I don't know. Once it's, it's just one team, it's barrel. just y'all just keep coming that back. Is, you just need to go away for a while. You know what? That is something that I noticed. And it. Uh, admittedly, I'm not too sharp. It took me over 16 years to notice it, <laughs> but we seem to run the same type of call. Like we'll, we'll have a shift where all we run is falls or trauma, some kind of trauma, or we run car wrecks all day or automatic. Yeah, it, but it yeah, I like, naked like in the street. All, I it's like, like they all get calls. together and <laughs> go. Today is the day we're going to break our hip. Yeah, and that's all you do all day long. Is Agreed. 
it's the it's the breathing ones that are the tough ones because you just never i mean i'll say for you guys that's probably hard for us i mean breathing's pretty simple like it's either gonna be intubate or not and it was like eh, well. yeah see for us to intubate they got to be pretty much done yeah you yeah. know because we can't rsi anybody but i mean i was always quick with the cpap in the field yeah they're not I mean, probably a little, little quicker effort. than i should have been but i was you know you get caught with your pants down one time and now you're overly aggressive from there on out. Hi, my name's Chris. Here's CPAP. You know. <laughs> Pretty much. I just you're have toe you pain. You're full sentence. No, no, put this on. But hey, you know, if you put a CPAP on them, they can't spit on you. That's I true. I don't know if you know that or not. Just, just Then you know. you're in trouble because they aspirated. <laughs> you just got to watch. He tried to spit on me. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to watch. Hey, that suction ready. I mean, <laughs> everything's already set up for you. Oh, you uh. medics. <laughs> But I mean, you think about it, you, you run all those, like I was saying, but you run all those, or you see all those BS calls. Mm-hmm. It's wearing you down, wearing you down, wearing you down. So you're already mentally fatigued. Then you start adding in that trauma, that pediatric code or trauma, a, a med recess for somebody who didn't really do anything but got affected by something. Yeah. And then bam, you know, your shift's over and you go to the bar and drink. So, yeah. now, you're, so now you're not going to process it. You're, and you're going to wake up now and you're still mentally drained. But now you got a hangover to deal with. Yeah, I still got to go to work. And you still got to go to work and you <laughs> do it all again. And then you just start stacking and stacking and stacking until you snap. I hate that. Yeah, I hate it seems to be practically everybody. And from security to doctors to residents, nurses, techs, everybody. And it seemed like you said, it's the culture that this is okay and this is normal. It's not normal, guys. No, it's not. But we make it normal. Yeah. That's the problem. We accept it enough to where it becomes the normal. And we don't deal with it. Right. I, because it's, oh, it's this is just how it is. This is the culture. It's not, you know, maybe we should rethink this. Maybe we should de-stress in a different way. I've tried to go to therapy myself. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know how we ever think our patients are going to get to do it. Because I can hardly do it. It's not cheap. It's hard to find. It's... Just a complicated system. We had our own employees one time, a tech, um, had an episode and needed to get in C-Psych. They're like, it's going to be a three-month wait. Cool. It shouldn't take our director talking to these people to get somebody in. You know what I mean? What's the average person supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. That person had a hookup. Right? They had, they had, we happen to have this in. special... And sometimes it doesn't even work that way. It's like, I work here and I can't get in. That's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I can tell you from just seeing my wife's work, it's not like the therapists don't want to help people. Yeah. It's, they're booked. I mean, and they book out, she books out like a month in advance. Mm-hmm. And they keep cutting psych and, and keep cutting psych and keep cutting psych and then wonder what's going to happen to everybody and wonder why suicide rises. I don't know what y'all want to do, but... Like, I think I went once this year after New York, after me and James talked and had my whole big blow up. Um, never went back. Couldn't ever get a time scheduled because guess what? I work. Couldn't ever. I didn't really care to spend $65 a pop to go. Oh, that's cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. That is cheap. I'm <laughs> a mother and I don't care. Again, I'll prioritize. And clearly that's not at the top of my list at the moment. And I don't know if it just takes inpatient to make you at the top of the list. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it took for me. <laughs> Knock on wood. People didn't force me to go. But. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I've done that to people too. Yeah. One of my best mm-hmm. friends. I was in New York having them admitted to inpatient psych. I think we are our best advocates and our biggest devil. Like. <laughs> oh, we are definitely our own worst enemies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a terrible patient. Yeah. Oh, we all are. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. My wife gets mad at me all the time. She's like, why are you calling her or him, him or her an idiot? I'm like, because they are. Yeah. I'm a terrible patient. And you know things. So imagine yeah. these poor patients that have no idea what's going on. Like, oh, like I yelled at, scared. When I had my shoulder surgery, I yelled at the nurse because she shaved my arm from where he was supposed to cut. Mm-hmm. And she cut me with a razor and then denied oh it. <laughs> and then denied it. And, I was, and she already gave me Versed, so I was kind of in and out. But I was, I was high enough to still be a jerk, <laughs> and I was. It doesn't take you being high to be a jerk, Chris. <laughs> Just put him out. Just put him out completely. I had no control. It. I had no control over my, my, my attitude at that point. I was like, you're the only one that shaved me. Of course, you know, no, n- enough to get in trouble. And yeah, I, I, I felt bad when I woke up. I apologize. No. I try not to be that dick, but I am that dick often. Yeah. I'm like, 
because I know better and I know this isn't that hard. So do your job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hope we never run her. <laughs> yeah. Be nice. Let's just get her out, walk back to the rig, be like, nope, she's got it. She's I'm fine. Good. She'll be all right. <laughs> what about walk it off? Or die. Whatever. This <laughs> robot test. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a stick and some gauze. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Figure it out. <laughs> Check that blood sugar first, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> On everybody. <laughs> everybody. You're not everybody. diabetic. I don't care. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> Ma'am, do you know what day of the week it is? <laughs> How many quarters make a dollar? Oh, Seven. Close Who's the president? <laughs> That's always a loaded one. Yeah. Don't <laughs> a- I don't ask that anymore. No, I don't want to know because I don't want to have this conversation. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to miss the next four years because for the last four it was always who is the president and you just get this like it was either by god it's trump praise america or just a death stare. donald j trump <laughs> like yeah. you either get the whole shebang or fuck that man yeah. <laughs> yeah but definitely coming back from new york and being alone in that hotel being there with your own thoughts like you said not having coping mechanisms i suppose but there's only so much time you can spend 24 hours a day. I was, gonna, I'm going to be honest, I was drinking and taking sleeping pills just so like I could sleep for longer periods of time because I mm-hmm. just didn't want to be awake. <laughs> little Jimi Hendrix action going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that it kind of boggles my mind of lack of foresight because... You know, whenever you have a situation like that, and basically you were deployed. So we'll use it in a military term of, you know, you're deployed. That's what they kept comparing it to. Yeah. And and you come home, why wouldn't they have, you know, some kind of mental health, like, decompression of, you know, everybody that comes back, okay, you need to go talk to somebody. Because what you saw was, we know was terrible. You know, why wouldn't they do that? Because it was ran by the government poorly, and they had no idea what they were doing you, at the you time. Could've, you could have stopped it was ran by the government. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's <laughs> they sent like 25,000 nurses to New York, all from around the country, and they just said, good luck. So when, you, when yeah. you so when you came home and you were in that hotel, were you the only one, or was there a group of you? Oh, I have no idea. I wasn't really allowed to leave my room, and they treated me like I had the plague. Like, they did not want me leaving my room at all. There would be times I would just like sneak out and go drive around in my car by myself. Because there's just nothing to do. Nothing to say. Not it was right. so bad for no reason, though, I guess. But Well, I mean. Sound, I'm not gonna, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go outside now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do some fishing here in the wintertime. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's. You're right. And then they just release you back to your normal life. Like, hey, good luck. Good luck. Have fun. Well, that, that was going to be my next question. If there was a group of you. I'm surprised they didn't do like a like a group session or something or or uh, a Zoom session. Some talk that way to somebody. This is why they should have had it set up because it goes back to what we were talking about a while back about. I think even hospitals are reactive and not proactive. Oh, 100 percent. Nobody cares until after it happens. They're like, yeah. Hmm. Then we yeah. have a big the 800 times months. people have told us this could be bad. Um, I've seen some Facebook groups. But then I'm also, I kind of feel a little bad with how I feel about that because it's like, I don't know. I have been on there for a moment. It's just like a bunch of whining people, it felt like. And <laughs> I'm trying not to be that older nurse because I'm not, but like, get over it. I don't know. So do you think yourself a couple years ago would have reacted different to that Facebook group? I don't know. No, because I've never been one to be like, let's all talk about it. Because no, that group from coming back well, I'm just, was I'm just, just like I just threw it out there because you brought up the group I mean, yeah I don't know it was weird and I didn't want to be there so I definitely did not do that oh I can't blame leave, you leave group there <laughs> like yeah. well and you know a lot of people don't do well with that type of group or group therapy type thing you know in yeah. fact most people like to get real true healing and growth it's a one on one you know process because what tends to happen in groups is you sit there and you just rehash and you just basically you're going around in a circle yeah and no growth or anything ever really comes of it so unless it's 
no. inpatient. And then, you know. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen so. how people go with that. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> described it real well. No, I, and, you know, we, we've done it. And my experience was like, no, these people are crazy. Oh, 100%. Like, was, I still couldn't ever rationalize me being there. And I still don't know if I ever have or ever even will. It was... Highly doubt it. I'm sure you will always feel like you did not belong there. Like this is... Well, so and I, I'll tell you about my experience. So I went one place inpatient because it was a crisis. And so I was there for seven days. And then I got moved to a different place that I was at for almost 30 days. Wow. The second, The second place that I went to, though, was specifically for firefighters police and military because we have our own brand of dumbassery we don't have that yeah <laughs> no one cares about special nurses <laughs> we can be there with the, the run-of-the-mill issues yeah. i'm gonna say as long as i give me a rope i'm okay <laughs> I, I didn't get a rope so you have, you, and like, you, i think you would have healed faster if you had the rope working in the ER, you know i see how these things go like that's horrible no thank you again i'd rather die than just be stripped and people treat people horribly especially in the er and then you have that whole like waiting for inpatient and you know take all your crap away mm -hmm. yeah you have somebody sitting outside your room watching you yeah. the whole time no thanks you yeah. got a sitter or you have that specialty unit that's locked down mm -hmm. yeah that's the er that's always fun to go into oh i always felt so bad for people actually having crisis or things like that that is one of the worst terrifying places you could send somebody like i know we mean well by it and it's there for our safety mostly and patient safety but oh no could you it's imagine being back there as no, patients? It's, it's, it's not diffusing it's the situation yeah, it is yeah 100 percent demoralizing and no and that's just taking somebody back there i felt like that yeah like you know sorry violence sure just being si no because it, it might not really be an SI case. It could be, just be a cry for help. Yeah. Which mostly, I mean, but then again, working where I did, most of it wasn't that. But <laughs> I've worked other hospitals where yeah. it was, and it was still just extremely sad. And I would never want to do that to a family member. Felt bad for friends, anybody that really needs help. I don't think our system is set up to actually help really much. Did you have really great insurance when that happened? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I still had to pay. Yeah. A lot. Exactly. I've had friends say that too. I can't even pay for this. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a huge problem. Yeah. What's anybody supposed to do? Well, yeah, Google, man. Yeah. I mean, there are there are programs and grants and I mean ways around it, or you can do what most people do: just don't pay. Yeah, that's not really yeah, going to go. For a that's lot of not us. an option for <laughs> yeah. me in the way my credit's set up and such. But, yeah. you know. But, I mean. <laughs> things you want to do in the future. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, that is, people do that, you know. And then you see it coming into the ER. Do you think all those people are paying their ER bills? Oh, never. Because they're not paying their ambulance ride bills. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. Got that free taxi to. <laughs> yeah. Emphasis on the ride. That's yeah. all it is, is yeah. a ride. I think yep. we should that free Uber, you know. Yeah, we should definitely. We're on credit. <laughs> people ask me that all the time. They're like, "How do people just? How do you have regulars that are in the ambulance all the time?" Like, oh, honey. I said, "You have no idea." <laughs> I said, "Do you think you care how much an ambulance costs when you don't have an address or a credit score? What do you mean? Yeah. You can send that bill to nine hundred one homeless, like." When you're not worried about anything, you the world is your oyster. Like <laughs> a lot of doors open up. Maybe they're, maybe they're doing it right. I don't know. Right? Yeah. We're all stressed out I'd about like our credit scores. I think I could do it right if I had to. Yeah. So after after you you hit you hit your bottom or whatever decided to get you get you to start being healthy again mentally. What what made what made what made you decide to stop doing? Hang on. <laughs> all right, tag. Why'd you quit drinking so much? Yeah, why'd you quit? <laughs> I was trying to be it nice all about came, it. like, and I hate to say it, but it had to do with getting out of EM. I'm going to be honest. 
there's all amount of coping you could do and everything. Hey, this isn't going to destroy my life. Um, I got out. I am now at a desk job. I still help people-ish, kind of, if you want to call it that. I don't feel as useful as I used to, but I will take that feeling over the way I felt any day. Um, I was poisoning my relationships. My family saw all I did was sleep and drink, sleep and drink. Um, with my fiance at the time then when we were not uh, a very unhealthy relationship of I just was not in a good place mentally and I had no other way to describe it I don't want a good person because I am not a good person right now <laughs> and that's really how I felt and I pushed him away and I don't know exactly when I decided I was done it might have been after New York officially I, I know I got my new job before I went to New York, but I just, when I was like, I can't do this. And I think the change in atmosphere had a lot to do with it. I went back to day shift life. Don't think the human body is meant to be up all night. I know, I know you can get used to it. I was used to it. I did it for five years, but ah, uh, the sun is brighter during the day. And <laughs> sunshine is healthy for you. And I'm not one of those people like James over here. You can just be like, ah, I don't have to sleep. That's fine. I'll be awake during the day and the night. Like, no. <laughs> I was she's asleep. Never, she's never seen him sleep. Yeah. <laughs> sleep that, dude, that dude sleeps more than anybody I know and harder. I was always asleep at family functions. I was just asleep everywhere all the time. I would spend 24 hours asleep just because me yeah, don't really care to participate. For me, it feels almost cartoonish like like you're just go, 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 out. Well, you, your, yeah, bat yeah. your battery runs zero and you're just out <laughs> until exactly it recharges. It yeah. So I finally got out of that and... I think I have come a long way emotionally, mentally, believing that possibly I could be a better person and deserve better in life. And I think, I don't know who I would say is helpful with that, because like I said, I went to therapy one time. <laughs> so you think it's more family and friends and fiance? Yeah. And, I mean, all of them kind of working together, doing little parts. Yeah. Pull you out and you kind of leaning on them. Maybe. Yeah. And I think being able, like you said, to recognize this is not what I want. This is not where I want to be in life. I, I again, believe myself to be pretty self-aware, and I recognize that. I hated who I was. I hated what I was doing. So I think it was just like, nope. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm one of those people when I make a decision, it's like, nope, nope, not doing this. Tomorrow I will be done. Like, yeah. Well, and that's, that's <laughs> the thing is having the courage to make that change. Yeah. I've gone, you know what? Yeah, I don't care, you know, whatever this needs to happen for me personally so yeah. i can it's not just making the change in your personal life but in your career life too because it's hard to walk away from a career yeah that's that's what i you mean know what i mean but there's you to make a change in your personal life as well and it's, it's, it's all it's doing both i hate the I mean? thing that also like nobody gets paid very much doing these very traumatic awful jobs let's be honest y'all don't get paid as much as you should i get paid more now than i do as an emergency nurse yeah why would anyone do that other than the family and the taking care of people when they need it, being there? They really ride that theory hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got a lot on that. Well, and then, I mean, if you go down that, that road and think about it, you know, logically, what about teachers? They don't get paid what they're worth. Yeah, and say cops that, don't I wouldn't get do paid that either. what they're worth. I've said that, too. You're going to cut yeah. cops. Guess what? You're only going to have the bad ones left. Yeah. So, I mean, the jobs that are well, no needed. Argument. Yeah, the yeah jobs let's that cut are their needed, pay. Yeah. The jobs mean? that are needed and make a real difference in our society, they don't, they're not monetarily. Which is weird, right? Yeah. Because they know they can feed off of your good heart. Yeah. <laughs> and not only do they not <laughs> reward so you. Far. Right? Again, it yeah. only can go so far. You can only force people to do so And much. not only do they not reward you with more money, they take from you. Yeah. With your own mental health. Yeah. So they suck you dry till you either put a gun to your head or until you retire. So that's basically what we're saying. Sometimes <laughs> it feels that way. It does. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, it feels that way. It does feel that way. But Eight and a half years. You know, and I Eight think, and a half years. I think, though, <laughs> Sorry, we, we, have to, we have to take a little bit of personal responsibility on that, though, of letting it become, and I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, of letting it become your whole identity. Yeah. And I think that's where it starts to become a problem of whenever it's you're just 
all about a nurse. But like or I said, all nobody's about a firefighter taught any of these things. Or, no, they and they don't. And you know the not the from conversation. School, not from mm-mm. nope. No, the conversation, the the pep talk about mental health that we got whenever we went through the academy, and he sat right behind me in the academy. We had this crusty old captain who was one of our instructors, and he goes, yeah. "All right, you're about to go out in the field," and this is on the first day of the academy. He's like, "Here's the one piece of advice. The only piece that you need. You take your feelings." You put them in a box. You put them under your bed, and you don't bring them to work. <laughs> and you can Great. have them back when you get home. I thought you were going to go with know your shit and throw a ladder. Uh, no, I wasn't going to go with that. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah, that doesn't apply That doesn't apply to mental health. I mean, I guess it does, but... <laughs> I was like, is that where he's going with this one? Yeah, no. All I remember in nursing school or training was they just say, take time for yourself. The hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some elaboration yeah. on that. And you're also not ever going to give me time off to do any of that. Yeah. So I don't even remember in nursing school anybody talking about how you're like, just going to be used and abused. They say, take a vacation. You're like, with what goddamn money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have what no time? money. I have no time off. <laughs> We're short already. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You got to make out work overtime just to pay your bills. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And I still technically a single mom um <laughs> until the middle of this year but yeah and i know a lot of people that are like that number one because we have a really hard time maintaining relationships in general but <laughs> uh so yeah a lot of single parents out there how is anybody supposed to I mean, I think take like the, care of themselves the divorce yeah. rate for nurses is just as high as ours oh yeah ridiculous that well that and we all tend to kind of er- marry each other everybody's yeah. marrying each other <laughs> cheating on each other yeah. drinking together it's a round robin. Also, another thing I did not want to be involved in. I can't live in this life because yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. You see it all day, every day. Yeah, you laugh. There's maybe three bars in the metro area that open up and serve beer at 7 a.m. And you walk in there and it's scrubs and uniforms. Yep. I can't, I'm going to be honest. I kind of like that because, yes, we would go as the ER. Like I said, security, techs, nurses show up there. Sometimes there's a table of doctors over there. Hey, guys, what you doing? <laughs> Bad night for you, too? <laughs> yeah. When we used to go to the West Bottoms and <laughs> that place, uh, yeah, there would always be other hospitals there. Or fire. Or <laughs> Y'all just or we'd invite you. As yeah. Fire. yeah. Or did you run a terrible call last night? Come have drinks with us this morning. I wish we could have seen like security footage of us all just like stumbling in there looking like we got our asses kicked that <laughs> night before as we get in there so, so or like stumbling out going, that's like yeah. one o'clock in the afternoon like oh, it's yeah. right out here <laughs> what's that big orange yellow thing god <laughs> it's so bad poor life choices <laughs> <laughs> but, but then stories. we still say here and laugh because yeah. that's, what, that's how everybody gets through it we're gonna talk like you said we're gonna talk about work for a couple hours yeah and you know for some people I mean, that's their way to de-stress or whatever. The thing is, whenever it becomes, that's the only way that you de-stress. It's probably where I was. And then, I then it becomes a problem. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> we've all hit that every point, day. We just need to go have yeah. drinks. Oh, absolutely. You know, get off work and have a beer or too, or, 15 or a bottle, or, case or, or bottle. You know, I still plenty of bottles too. I don't know. know if I've gotten better at it. Honestly, that probably still would be go be my go-to. I'm just not in those situations anymore. Because I do feel it when I have bad days doing whatever, dealing with court stuff or whatever I'm doing at the time. That's my first reaction. I know. I just feel it. I want to cry. I want to drink. I want to sleep. So trying not to go back to those old... Habits? Yeah. And it's clearly not that I've gotten better. I have just removed some of the triggers. <laughs> so that, that's the first step. I mean, that, that is. Yeah. You've recognized yeah. it, and then you removed it, and now you yeah. work on it. Well, and that's Ish. that's the thing that people need to realize is it's not a one and done yeah i mean this is it's a process you know that you have to work on every day because if you're like oh well you know i'm all better no you're not you got a while to go i don't know if there is an all better do you feel like you're all better is there ever an all better does anybody ever Um, actually feel better (laughs) well i i will tell you this i feel a lot better than i felt before yeah, but I don't think you're ever 100%. No. It, it's, like I said, Trash. it's a process. It sucks. <laughs> it's a process. And if you, you know, like me personally, I work on it every day. And I make sure that I don't make the same mistakes that I made in the past. And I don't 
do the same things that I did in the past. I have new hobbies and new things that I fill my time with. Mm-hmm. And, and spend your money on. And spend my money on. See, yeah. round robin yep. here. Then you should go back. Now, you got, I gotta now I gotta overtime. work more. Yep. Like. I gotta work overtime to pay for my hobbies. <laughs> yeah, like the woodworking stuff we've been getting into. But you know, I mean, my wife and I argue, but the woodworking actually been really good for. Us. Yeah, we do projects too. I love so projects. Her and Pinterest, man. Don't roll your eyes at me. Try to build a table. It's not going to. I'm about to take the hammer to it. <laughs> We built a table too. I bought a house this year, so a lot of like home stuff we've been doing and painting and mm-hmm. rearranging and doing all kinds of stuff like that. That's if car shopping with you is anything like anything else with you, then I will pray for your fiance. I did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Did you with that guy too? No. Um, that went very smoothly. Again, I'm not a take shit type person. He's like, well, here's all of our, um warranties and stuff i said no that's shit you're never gonna pay for anything you'll wheeze your way out of it <laughs> <laughs> so you were mean to him. I, do you consider that mean it actually on, it was a friend of ours uncle. i think it's that, that's just honesty yeah, yeah I think. i'm not I mad at you i'm honest to record don't definitely not mad about that all right well i think we covered a lot of ground today <laughs> is this the, is this the episode that gets us all fired sorry guys um, <laughs> I hope not. I'm gonna. What I'll do is I'll pixelate all of our faces and we'll put it up on YouTube in like a different, completely unrelated channel. Nursing's really fun, and we're really well taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Nobody believes that. Let's <laughs> say I, I still like my job. I still love doing what I do. Good. You know, even though I'm tired. See, I feel like I'm too young. I've said that many, many times. Do you have said that, James? Mm-hmm. I'm too young to be as angry as I am mm-hmm. and not okay with what I'm doing. Right. Still haven't figured out where that leads me, but... Trying to control that anger is the hard part. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, like I said before, you're self-aware enough to know that you needed to make a change and you made a change. Yeah. You know? So, and that's the first step of many. So, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. So, everybody have a good one. We'll be back. (laughs) 